The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Karine Perset, who is the Administrator for Digital Economy and Artificial Intelligence Policy at the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, also known as the OECD, and head of the AI Policy Observatory at the OECD. Hi, Karine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Kathleen and Ron. As you know, I'm a real fan of your podcast, so I'm delighted to join today. Thanks, Kareen, and we're glad that you're a fan of the podcast. And thanks for joining us today. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at the OECD. Sure. So since 2016, I am managing the AI policy work of the OECD's Digital Economy Policy Division, and particularly the AI Policy Observatory that we just launched a couple of weeks ago. So the past three years, I've been focusing on really three and a half years on AI policy. But going back a little further, I'm Franco-American and I'm an economist by training. But I've been working in technology and tech policy for 20 years now. I was lucky to start my career at an internet startup in New York. And then I worked at the OECD for 10 years in tech policy. And I then worked for a nonprofit tech infrastructure company called ICANN in Los Angeles for three years and have been back at the OECD since 2016, working on AI public policy and measurement. Great. Well, that I think our listeners are going to find that very interesting because some of them may be familiar with some of these organizations, especially even ICANN. So great to have you been part of this, this whole ecosystem for over 20 years. Obviously, a lot has changed in the last 20 years. But like focusing on some of this recent work that you've been doing at the OECD, about a year ago, the OECD released their AI principles at one of our AI and government events. For those of you that are familiar with Cognolytica, we run these events in the D.C. region. We actually had Adam Murray, who is from the U.S. Department of State, talk about the AI principles. But even more recently, in February of 2020, the OECD launched the AI Policy Observatory, which we just mentioned a little bit earlier here. So can you explain to our listeners what this is all about and why the OECD felt it was important to launch the AI Policy Observatory? Sure. So perhaps a few words about the OECD in case your listeners are not familiar with it. So at the core, the OECD is an intergovernmental organization. It has 36 member countries. And these countries have to be democracies and market economies to be able to join. So the members are the U.S. As you mentioned, Adam Murray from State Department is our U.S. delegate. And actually, he's been very involved in all the AI work and is now chairing the OECD network of AI experts. We have Canada, Mexico, Chile, a lot of European countries, and then Asian countries like Japan and South Korea and also Australia, New Zealand and Israel. But we also work with a lot of other partner countries, such as Singapore, Egypt, Brazil, and lots of others. And our work focuses on economic and social policy and on statistics. And so the OECD really looks at analyzing and measuring policies, in my case, for AI, the policies that work and those that work less well to help countries move forward in implementing AI policies that achieve positive goals for their economy. So sorry for the distraction, but I thought it was important to explain quite clearly what the OECD is. 
And to go back to your question about the AI principles, a little background first. So we launched the AI Policy Observatory to help policymakers to implement the AI principles, which were adopted, as you mentioned, a year ago by the OECD. They were also committed to by the G20 and by six other partner countries and as the first intergovernmental standard on AI. And so a little background on the principles first. So back in 2016, Japan was the country that encouraged the OECD to conduct analysis and organize events on AI, 2016 and 17. And the consensus emerged among countries from these discussions that high-level principles for AI were needed for countries to basically agree on their common top priorities for AI policy. Not a Christmas tree with everything related to the digital economy and to related technologies, but really focusing on top priorities for artificial intelligence that were specific to that technology. So we created a multi-stakeholder expert group to propose intergovernmental principles for AI. And that group had members from governments, 20 governments, business, civil society, trade unions, academia, and also the technical community. So for example, UNESCO, companies like Microsoft, technical groups like OpenAI and MIT participated in the group as did 20 governments, including the U.S., but also countries like Singapore that have quite a lot of advanced policies in AI and, and many other countries. And so these principles that were adopted by all these countries represent a political commitment by governments to use them as a common framework for their national AI policies. And that's quite important to have this common framework and this consensus on priorities. So just to, pre- to say a few words about the principles, they include five principles for trustworthy and human-centric AI systems that protect and benefit people and individuals. And so in, notably that AI systems should benefit people and planet, should respect human rights, democratic values, and fairness, that's very important, should be transparent and explainable, should be robust, secure, and safe, and should be accountable. And they also include five priority recommendations for national policies, and these are to help economies and societies benefit from AI. So they're less at the individual level. And so these include facilitating investment in research and development, as well as access to infrastructure, technologies, data, and knowledge, creating enabling policy environments, in many cases through experimentation, very importantly, equipping people with the skills for AI to participate in developing AI and leverage using AI, and supporting workers to ensure fair transitions for those whose jobs might be modified or who might be displaced. And finally, cooperating across borders and sectors. So the principles were just the beginning. And now we've launched the AI Policy Observatory to help implement the principles, to help policymakers implementing the principles. And you can find it online at oecd.ai. And it has resources for policymakers and others to share and shape policy for AI in four areas, with resources in four areas. One, as I just mentioned, so the the AI principles and how to implement them. Two, analysis of different AI public policy topics, so using the impact of AI in areas ranging from health to transportation or agriculture and all the sectors that are impacted by AI. The third type of resources is basically AI trends and data so that we can anchor policies and evidence. And finally, We have a repository of countries and initiatives by national governments and by stakeholders. 
And so all the information on the observatory is downloadable and accessible for everyone. Great. And I'm going to make sure to link to the OECD.ai in our show notes as well so that listeners can go there for additional resources. Now, I know that policy around AI is still fairly new and many people, policymakers, companies, citizens, we're all still trying to figure this out with how AI is going to be used and possibly abused. So why is it important that we look at this now? And how often do you plan on updating your site with policies that come out from different countries and regions? Yeah, as you say, Kathleen, policy around AI is quite new. But at the same time, AI technologies and applications have been advancing really fast over the past 10 years. And so it is really important that policy keeps up with technology and also that governments use AI technology to achieve their objectives of improving their citizen lives, improving the public services, etc. So to answer the second part of your question on how often we'll be updating the site, well, in fact, a lot of the data and information on the observatory is updated in real time or almost in real time. For example, the countries and initiatives part of the observatory has an up-to-date database of over 300 national AI policy initiatives from 60 countries. And the countries themselves have filled in this information and they are keeping this up to date. And so as they come up with a new strategy yesterday, Australia published its strategy for standards. And so they're including that information as they develop these policies. And another example is on the observatory, you will find policy analysis by different parts of the OECD that represent different types of policy communities. So let's say, again, the health policy community. And the policy analysis by these groups is on the observatory as soon as it's published within minutes. And again, this is automated, and so it's always up to date. And we also have several live data points from live metrics from partners. So many of these are always up to date as well because we're plugging in directly to databases, analyzing the data, which is therefore real-time data. And that's really important for policymakers because our traditional processes go through, at the government level, go through national statistical offices that produce very reliable data, but it takes time to collect the data at the national level. And then it also takes time to harmonize it at the international level here at the OECD to clean it, analyze it, publish it. And so it's not always very fresh. It's very reliable. But sometimes because AI developments are moving so fast and governments are having to make policies to react and adjust their policies now, they really need both these long-term reliable survey-type data but and analysis, but they also need this live or almost live data from partners that can show timely trends about you know where, how, at what rate AI is being developed and used, in which sectors, how their country is doing, other countries progressing over time compared to other countries, etc. And so right now, you know, just to provide a little more detail on that, right now we're leveraging data on AI scientific research from Microsoft, live AI news from event registry that shows AI-related news in real time by location, by reach sentiment, and data on AI jobs and skills from LinkedIn. And we've partnered with the Joseph Stefan Institute in Slovenia, which has a fantastic AI lab, and that team is helping us to process and visualize much of these data in real time. And we also have a bunch of new live metrics in the pipeline that we'll be launching over the coming months. And we hope to add metrics on, for example, private equity investment in AI startups, AI open source developments, AI patents, and AI companies. 
And at the OECD, what countries and policymakers are very interested in, of course, is trends over time and then cross-country comparisons. And often the data that will be useful to them in many cases will be at quite an aggregate level in the sense of comparing countries on different measures. Well, that's great. Well, that definitely is something that we've been keeping a close eye on as well. We published some research more from the analyst perspective on comparing worldwide AI strategies on a country-by-country basis. I mean, we looked at every country from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe and all the tiny little Caribbean nations and you know, African nations and European nations, Asia, the whole world, South America, we didn't leave any continent behind. We didn't, we didn't really write much about the Antarctica strategy, but yeah. <laughs> we yeah. left one continent behind. <laughs> yes, we did. But we will, we will, to the extent that there is a strategy there, we will be on top of it and tracking what the penguins are doing with that. And as well as all the research, all the researchers actually know the researchers are doing some interesting things. I should, I shouldn't be downplaying it because I know that there's actually an Argentine base down there that's been tracking a lot of the climate change. There's been some dramatic things happening mm-hmm. with the decrease of glacial coverage, but we will get into that on this podcast. <laughs> so, you know, just in general, you know, as you mentioned, as you've been looking at some of these policies and research happening around the world, you know, what are some concerns you have for AI, especially people maybe misusing AI intentionally, you know, malicious use of AI? You know, what have you heard about policies around that or just in general about people thinking about the potential for AI being used, misused for malicious purposes? And how are you hoping the observatory may keep an eye on what's happening in that general universe? Yeah, that's a great question because AI is clearly a dual-use technology. And in fact, security and robustness are one of the AI principles that we mentioned earlier. And so governments of the world's largest economies have committed to make sure that, and here I quote the relevant principle, that AI systems are robust, secure, and safe throughout their entire life cycle so that in conditions of normal use, foreseeable use or misuse, they function appropriately and do not pose unreasonable safety risk. So that's the goal. But then how do you do that? And so the observatory describes some of the ways to implement this principle by, for example, encouraging AI actors to ensure traceability of data sets, processes, and decisions made during the AI system lifecycle to enable analysis of the system's outcomes and encouraging AI actors to apply systematic risk management approaches to every phase of the AI system lifecycle on a continuous basis to address these risks related to digital security and safety, but also privacy and bias and other risks. And our goal moving forward is to monitor and measure through the observatory how countries and other stakeholders are implementing the principles. And for so we're undertaking analytical work also specifically on security, not necessarily, and which is often going to be malicious, but not necessarily malicious. And the way that the OECD works is through encouragement, advice, and peer pressure. And people often find it quite surprising how well this works without any fines or punishment or any sort of hard law type instruments. Yeah, exactly. I think that's something that we're keeping a close eye on as well. I mean, you know, this dual-use technology, we were actually recently on a uh, podcast, for those who are listening, one of our previous episodes with the editor-in-chief of Wired, and we had a really interesting talk about the dual-use nature of artificial intelligence. And, you know, just like now, for those of you that may be listening to this podcast, this is recorded in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic that's got the whole world trying to figure out, yeah, pretty much trying to figure out how to respond to it. And, you know, maybe by the time this podcast is released, this may not be something that is part of our every minute waking moment and sleep dreams, news communication, but it's something that the world has had to figure out how to generate a response to. Well, according to the editor of Wired and many people, you know, there may be a situation like that with regards to AI. Maybe somebody 
somebody somewhere will figure out some use that's going to, once again, you know, hold the world's attention and we'll have to sort of figure out a world response to it. So hopefully we can get ahead of that and not have to shut down again for some other reason that has nothing to do with our daily lives. So we're definitely keeping an eye on that. Yeah, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. So I know that recently the OECD also launched the One AI Network of Experts, and Ron and I are looking forward to being a part of that as well. But for our listeners that are not familiar with this, can you talk a bit about what this is and what your goals are for that? Sure. So the OECD Network of Experts on AI, we call it One AI, is an advisory group that is informal and that provides expert input to the OECD's analytical work on AI. So as you know, the OECD is an an intergovernmental body, but has a lot of multi-stakeholder participation in all the streams of its work, and particularly all the work on digital, where, of course, business and technology, technical bodies play a key, key role. So 1AI is a multi-stakeholder and multidisciplinary role, which has representatives from governments, I think 30 of them, from labor organizations, from business and a lot of big, a lot of large business players, but also very small ones and businesses from, of course, the U.S. And we have very strong partnerships with some of these companies that are very active at the OECD and NAI, but also smaller companies, startups like Element AI or some even smaller French startup or large industrial groups like Teles in France as well. And then with academia, again, across the OECD region, with civil society and with other international organizations like the World Bank. And so the goals of this group, One AI, are to help to identify and developing promising ideas challenges, identify these and recall attention of policymakers to them and to some of the solutions that seem to be the most effective. And over time, the goal of the group is to develop really good practices for implementing the OECD AI principles, basically to identify good practices and then propose these to governments as the ways forward or best practices if possible if we can get agreement. And then another goal of One AI is to help build the metrics on AI to show where and how AI is being developed, used, funded, and how these developments incorporate or not the AI principles, so things like transparency. Yeah, that's great. And we're definitely, you know, keeping an eye on that too. I know that you guys have gathered together a very robust network of experts. So we're looking forward to seeing how things progress in the coming year. As a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations, governments, and beyond? That's a tough question because it's really a question on what's the future of humanity. But based on what we know and we see happening, there is and will continue to be increasing adoption of AI across all sectors, all fields of work, industries, and societies. And this will allow us to make more accurate predictions, to automate tasks, improve productivity, and also to help really complex problems such as, and and you you just mentioned it now, and France is currently in shutdown mode as of last night. And so we really hope that AI technologies will help us accelerate identifying a vaccine for coronaviruses, for example, that would come in very, very handy just now. But there's also, of course, a huge opportunity to use AI to improve efficiency in public services. And on that front, we're working very closely with some other OECD colleagues, and we have a sister observatory on public sector innovation. And so we're working jointly on AI and public services, and there are fantastic opportunities for the public sector in that area. And then more broadly, you know, in some science fiction scenarios, we have AI taking over mankind. But 
the OECD's goal is really, on the contrary, to help to pave the way towards a society where AI is used for the benefit of all citizens, businesses, and governments, and really not the other way around. And well, I'm personally positive that as AI develops and diffuses, we can, by working together, contain its risks and then harness it to improve the lives of everyone significantly and hopefully everywhere. Yeah, that's great. You know, I always like to ask that question at the end of every podcast because we get such broad views on, you know, what everybody thinks the future of AI is. So none of us can predict the future, but right. I always love to hear everybody's <laughs> answers on that. It's good. It's it's a nice, it's not always the same, same perspective. So I, so I really like that some people think that it's sort of a flash in the pan. Some believe it's the, we're on the cusp of some major societal disruption. So we'll see. It's always good to prognosticate. We still don't have flying cars, as I said, so... <laughs> You can never count on... I think that's Ron's dream. Mine is just autonomous. You can never predict the future. (laughs) So, Kareen, thank you so much for joining us on the AI Today podcast. We've really enjoyed having you as a guest and listeners. We hope that you found a lot of value in Kareen's participation and the information that you heard from her today. Thank you very much, Kareen. Thank you so much, Kathleen and Ron. It was great to join you today. Yeah, thank you so much. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or on your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group, and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.